We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Bakes This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Sunday, May 21st. We are a month and one day away from the NBA draft. It's exciting. It's our second pod since the draft lottery, which is also exciting. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Got Justin Peabody with me tonight. Hello, everybody. Got Taylor Peterson. What's up? We've got Nick Crane. Jacob, you stole my intro. I was going to say we're a month from Lotto Eve. Ooh. You mean from draft, from draft Eve? Draft Eve. Draft Eve, yes. <laughs> See, you yes. should be lucky I stole it from you so you didn't screw it up. <laughs> and we've got Tommy Armoravian. I am watching the Heat just beat the hell out of the Celtics. And, well, I mean, apparently there was 60,000 tons of explosive chemical ammonium nitrate stolen. And that's kind of significant. <laughs> So, uh, if, if, if is that Walter White's music? It might be. Who knows? You know, I just I just saw it on the news. So that's a, real life that's Breaking fun. Bad. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's all maybe, good. Maybe the heat blow out, out, and that train heist are related. Who knows? You know, it's you true. Go. It's possible. It's possible. It's a bigger explosion: the nitrate or this, uh, or the heat, the the heat in the postseason. <laughs> Bad. Jimmy buckets. No, not allowed to do that one. Bad. Okay. Um, Taylor, Taylor and I were the only ones on the post draft or God. Now Nick's got me messing up. I got y'all messing up. Nick, the post lottery podcast. Uh, any of you other three, just any quick, uh, feelings, takeaways from the lottery? Not particularly, uh, as expected. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it was, it was the most straightforward, lottery probably since the um the flattening of the odds where it was just like these three teams jumped these teams slid down and that's all it was 
It was but, definitely a tankathon spin that you respin because you didn't like the results. Like, oh, that's boring. Let's do it again. Exactly. I do think, um, not that Wimby would fail anywhere, but probably the best spot for him. Like, as a basketball fan with a generational talent coming in, it's fun. Like the the storyline of of the French connection and San Antonio's history and and playing under Pop. Like, you, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. I I'm thought Pop so was going to retire, and now that man yeah. said, who? Yeah. Psych. Why wouldn't he? I mean, I'm, I'm just glad he went to a small market because that means more TV sets are going to be on small markets like OKC, Memphis, if Jock can keep his crap straight, and um, San Antonio for the next however many years because Victor Wembenyama makes them very good, especially with some of the pieces they have. I'm hey, also Kevin. delighted the Rockets got fifth. Oh, very nice. well, that was the win <laughs> of the draft. Who cares? And they could blow it up even more if James Harden goes. So, you know, incredible. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I think the Spurs are, are a great fit for Wemby. Uh, Kevin O'Connor told me that he's going to play with two of the best wings in the entire NBA. So, uh, yeah, that was, that, that it's, always, was... it's always fun to see the like the post reactions of things and the inflated adjectives for players. Just yeah, to like apparently Kelton Johnson is one of the best wings in the NBA. I um, <laughs> was unaware. He's a good player. Don't he get is. me wrong. Yeah. He's a very good player. Um, <laughs> not sure if best wing in the NBA is that's <laughs> what I immediately go to when I think of Kelton Johnson. Uh, good much. Agreed. So um, so Spurs won. The Rockets falling is uh, just like icing on the cake, right? They get pick number four which is where everyone says like the draft really begins. There's a top three and then there's everybody else. Um, yeah. Kind of a boring lottery. Like Nick said, everything stayed chalk. Nobody jumped. Pistons fans won 17 games all season to get pick <laughs> five. Dude. Makes you think like is tanking. I mean, this was like the year of the tank for Wimby, but like, is it really worth it to fully bottom out? Yeah. Nick has kind of come full circle. Look at him. <laughs> Beginning of this year, Nick was full team tank. Now we're getting the is tanking worth it argument. I love oh. it. Nick was actually in Chicago. Were you in the room when the lottery happened, Nick? I was not in the drawing room. Yes, um, yes. But were you in like the, the yes. show? So yes. just tell us a little bit about your experience up in Chicago, uh, what that night was like, what watching all these prospects was like. Uh, anything jump out at you? Um. The first thing that jumped out was I I went through the metal detectors and got into the event and um, Malika was doing like a, a a dry run of like the the show itself and for the dry run they did it I don't know if it was a random spin or they just picked random teams but you walk in and the big board says Oklahoma City number two pick and I was like oh my gosh dude what's going on here I was like have they done the drawing am I walking into something I shouldn't be walking into. Um, <laughs> You but totally just, should have tweeted that picture. You would have went viral. I agree. Viral in a, in a bad way and probably viral on Reddit, not any of the social media <laughs> platforms that I actually care about going viral on. Um, yeah. But like the layout itself, like you walk in, the ESPN sets to the right. There's a bunch of chairs to the left. They've got the the kind of uh, platform or, or stage where everyone was sitting for the actual drawing. Um, there's a lot more people there than I expected. Like it wasn't an event you could buy tickets to, but like the eye-opening thing about Chicago in general is the amount of people involved in the pre-draft process from like 
the agents and trainers and players and other representation and like it was a lot of freaking people um cool event would i do it again like sure i probably wouldn't go out of my way to do it again um it was like the wimby uh drawing so it felt like a, a good event to go out to but um watching it on tv would have been fine it was it was cool to be in person and when the spurs won their rep like smashes <laughs> Is is uh, fist on the table and like got up and and raised his hands up and was screaming. So, um, real emotion and it was super cool to be there. That's awesome. Um, besides that, seeing combine stuff, um, watching guys work out, all that. Um, anything stick out? Um, I think the thing that probably sticks out the most is like all these guys are really, really, really good. Like it makes you realize how much of an eye these like real NBA scouts have to have to differentiate like who's who, because to somebody that's like way more amateur, um, everybody like in a vacuum, like if, if you're going to go watch any of those players without having a comparison to anybody else, like the, the worst workout, the worst combine participant, you'd go to that workout, sit there and you'd be like, man, that this dude is going to be a superstar. Like he's, <laughs> windmill dunking and making 60% of his threes. And a lot of these workouts are very, especially like the agency ones are very pre-scripted. Like the, the guys doing the drills with them, they're doing it to, to show their strengths. And these guys have done it before. Um, I was talking to somebody that said all of the um, combine drills, like the, the cone shuttles and all that stuff. Like these guys practice this. It's like how much, stock do you really take in that when these guys are practicing these drills and all that kind of stuff and how much does that actually translate to you being an NBA player I think the measurables are real like your wingspan's your wingspan um but I think a lot of it's more just getting exposure and and enjoying the process some of these guys are never going to pan out in the NBA so it's it's cool to see them do this they'll, they'll never forget this moment regardless but um makes you realize it's really hard to evaluate talent very 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 hard so kudos to sam and staff for doing what they do i feel like maybe and you guys probably everyone in this room besides me could speak more to this i feel like the nfl combine there's more tests mm -hmm. that impact draft position i've never seen an nba person be like oh my god did you see what he did in the three cone Whoo! <laughs> you know <laughs> right. like no right wingspan yeah. height you see his 40 reach. time <laughs> like yeah in the nfl you got like 40 time you got yeah. like bench press reps you've got the the vertical like all that stuff is important yeah most of the testing stuff at the combine i feel like is kind of a waste of time although i am excited for next year when everybody has to test Just, that way yeah. we get measurables on everybody yeah true 100 any measurables um speaking of nick like height wingspan etc surprise you um thompson twins the wingspan seven the fact that it's wingspan. identical everything was identical. identical imagine that <laughs> um there's something about identical twins um <laughs> but a seven foot wingspan is crazy for them um but at the same time it's funny because everybody's like holy cow these thompson twins are Six five without shoes with a seven foot wingspan, and then you're like, "But wait, Jalen Williams is six five without shoes with a seven two wingspan." Doesn't have the athleticism, obviously. But, um, 
Leonard Miller, you guys have probably talked about it on pods over the past week, measured out very, very well. Dude is huge. He's a large man. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's always hard with shoes, too, because it's almost underwhelming. Like all these guys that are like these six, eight wings without shoes, they're like six, six and a quarter. And you're like, that doesn't sound very big. Um, Zach do, they, do they measure without like, shoes because different shoes would give you yeah. Like someone guys wearing Adidas first one guys wearing Nike's or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's there's these like there's inserts these days like that'll give you an extra half inch or an inch if you put them in your like there's there's just too Players many will try and boost there's, there. There's, there's too many things stats, that yeah. can like sway it. I would almost rather them do shoe measurements, but everybody has to wear the same shoes for those measurements. Like you don't have to work out in these shoes, but when we do these things, everyone's going to wear these shoes or something because Yeah. Without shoes is just weird. I agree. Nobody hoops without shoes. Unless you're a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, like why, why do I care how tall this guy is without shoes and a sport he's always going to be wearing shoes? True. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to relinquish control of the podcast to Nicholas Crane, which is a terrifying statement that I never there thought I would have. Um, Buckle up. Let's do it, Nick. I have no clue what you have planned. I called Nick today and I said, "Hey, what do you got planned so we can put together an outline?" And he said, "Don't worry about it." I got maybe it. maybe Nick's the one that took the sixty thousand tons of that ammonia. <laughs> He's doing anything. Hey, We're going on a scavenger know? hunt to find the ammonia. FBI's tuning in on the yeah the, the little live viewer thing. Oh, just can't say blow it up count. after I said all that. The live viewer count just ticked up one NSA Amazing. in the chat. Jeez, right down the street yeah. in the van. Anyways, we can we can move into what I want you guys to to dive into tonight. Um, I'll go ahead and share on the stream. See if this works. Remember, you got to talk too because some people aren't watching the stream and listen to sharing the is caring. I have to illustrate. So we're gonna do a blind resume evaluation. Um, these are I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys guards, wings, and forwards. Four players at each of those categories. You're not going to have names. You're not really going to have like their full stat line because it could give it away. And I know you guys are quick Googlers. Um, (laughs) I don't want you guys to like the point of the game is not to like guess who this player is and and pick based on that. Like I want this to be a blind evaluation. Um, Admittedly, some of these are skewed like with any data. You can give some really good points about a player, some really bad points about a player. I tried making it like kind of neutral where there's pros and cons both ways but i'm going to give you guys four players in each of those categories so the first round is four guards for example you're going to see the blind resumes for the four guards you're going to pick your favorite guard we're going to move on to wings move on to forwards once we have one player from each of those categories you're going to pretend you're the Oklahoma city thunder those three guys are on the board at number 12 and you're going to draft that player and we don't know the name till after we've made the draft selection. Correct. We'll go afterwards. I'll I'll reveal the names and all that kind of stuff. Some may be obvious. I tried like some of these guys. I tried so hard to make it not obvious, but it just it is what it is. Um, and admittedly, there could be small errors, mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not go through and like admittedly really proofread this. My um, man said I didn't proofread, but hey, here it is. It's here. It's here. Um, so I love it. Love that said. It. We're going to start with guards. 
I think this is the podcast first PowerPoint presentation. First PowerPoint presentation. I'll it's try to I'll try to it's illustrate a, for the, the listeners. Sample, as I can see in the bottom right hand corner. Sample, <laughs> yes. Sample. Has the has the right date though. We're we're uh, halfway professional. All right. Guard number one. And they're all gonna have the same kind of sections. We can bounce back and forth because it's gonna be hard to remember. I gotta make my window bigger. I can't read this at all. <laughs> He's going to read it to us, right? I'm going to read it. I'm going to read yeah. it. So podcast listeners get the, the gist too. Card number one. Standard height. Strong build. Played on a top school in a power five. And made all conference. Elite high school recruit. His father has professional experience. Still a teenager. Okay. That's, that's his biometric background. Are we allowed to ask questions after you read us everything? Yes, that was yeah. that was the other thing. I get to pick and choose what questions I will answer, though. You can't ask. You can't. You can't say, "Did he play at this school?" Because that'll give it away. Nick but sounds I, like call me or not in the classroom right now. <laughs> Am I I'm the teacher. Warmer? I'm the teacher. Abraham um, Lincoln. The whether or not I answer the question may or may not depend on how quickly I can Google it too. I don't have all of the, the answers <laughs> on top of my head. How, what was this guy's effective field goal percentage? I, I don't know. Let me Google it. When shooting at ten <laughs> to twenty feet from the rim, can right. you say that in Latin? What's his uh, name of origi origination? Was it? Was that? Was that? Is that can what you use it in a sentence, bee? please? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> spelling bee. Spelling okay. Bee. So guard one: strengths and weaknesses. He's a crafty three-level scorer, average over 15 points per game as a freshman. He is an offensive engine, a great positional rebounder. He shot less than 35% from deep last season, but he definitely has upside because there's our first spelling error, unguarded without a U. He shot 46.2% on unguarded catch-and-shoot threes. So three-point shot wasn't elite, but you know it's there. Um has a trans translatable skill of getting to the line. He got 6.4 free throw attempts per 40. Not the greatest defender today. And he's below average in transition at 0.82 points per possession. Each of these players will also have a quote from a scout. This scout says, guard one could easily be a 20 point per game scorer one day and has sneaky passing upside but he's the type of prospect that needs the ball in his hands to make the highest impact. So it's so, Trey Mann. <laughs> well, Trey Mann's not in the 2023 draft, but <laughs> yeah, similar, similar style. Interesting. Can we ask Third? questions now? Yes. Okay. Um, are you allowed to tell us, is he a, um, like he played in college. Was he freshman, sophomore, upperclassman? He was a freshman. Okay. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hmm. I guess He's that... a teenager. Yeah, I was about to say the teenager thing probably should mm-hmm. use yeah. just blew one of your questions away with an easy... <laughs> Do we have a limited number of questions? I mean, I'll give you like pull up my, again, it's like my discussion, but I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one more for this. One. We can ask questions once you see all four guards too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anything else here before we move to guard two? What's his free throw percentage? Do we know oh, that? Yeah. It says he gets yeah. to the line a lot. Uh yeah. But I'm curious what he, he shoots there. when he gets there. Good question. So guard one, when getting to the line, shoots right about eighty percent. Okay. okay, that's a good number. Solid. Solid number. Can be a good indicator for 3.6S. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we are in the, the Thunder War Room and somebody just throws this file down on the table and we read it, uh, my first worry is um, not good in transition, not a great defender, and needs the ball in his hands to be as effective as he can be. That it needs the ball, yeah. That that All three of those things scream um, not a fit for us. Yep. Okay. Agreed. All right, let's move on to guard number two. All right, guard number two, very similar in terms of biometrics. Standard height for an NBA guard, although this guy is a slender build versus a strong build. Um, He did play also in a Power 5 school and made all-conference. Top 50 high school recruit, so not the same kind of elite-tier recruit coming out of high school, but uh, a fairly decent recruit, is also still a teenager, okay? This guy, he's a two-year college player. So, Jacob, don't ask me what class he is because I just gave it to you. Uh, but yes, although he is a sophomore coming into the draft, he enrolled in school at age 17. So he kind of has this unique blend of like he's been around the college game for two years, but he's still pretty young relative yeah. to experience. Um, really good vision. One of the better rebounding guards in his conference ranks very highly in most advanced statistics. So if you're an analytics guy, probably pretty high on your board. Um, Elite in transition. So 1.23 points per possession last season. Finishes very well around the rim. Has flashed some defensive upside this year. I wouldn't call him a a great defender, but he has shown moments where like you could could see this guy being a good defender at the next level or at least adequate. But he does need to get stronger. Like that's going to be his thing moving forward. Can he get stronger? And the scout for guard number two said he is a late bloomer, making huge strides year over year at the college level. I'll be curious to see if the three-point shot is real after seeing a huge bump in efficiency last season after shooting sub-35% as a freshman. So hmm. what did he shoot as a sophomore? All right, it's a good that question. Elicited that response. It's a good question. Let's see. And on how many attempts... We can we can answer that one too. I'll give you some extra context on this one too, since you asked. Okay, so freshman year, guards sub, th- sub thirty five was that this scout must really like this guy because he said he was sub thirty five as a freshman. Sub thirty five could mean a lot of things. He was twenty two point two percent from three as a freshman. <laughs> okay, maybe the scout could say sub twenty five. Uh, but year two shot 35.5% on about three and a half attempts. So jump 10%. Like, do you buy that? Do you not buy that? You know, that's, that's kind of the question. What was the difference in the attempts from year one to two? 
1.3 to 3.7. Oh, okay. so over so double. Basically, it. went from one to four almost. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This right. one feels a little more thundery to me. The playmaking upside, the transition. That's what I was thinking. The transition. Uh, Great vision. Defensive upside is promising. Yeah, the vision, the upside. I definitely uh, like defensive this. Upside. This prospect more. Finishes around the rim. Thunder could use that. Sometimes. The slender build is uh, kind of fits the Thunder mold. They like this skinny yeah, boys. This, yeah. this feels like we're talking about Thunder players right now. <laughs> kind of. I think I might know who this one is. I'm not going to say it. Don't, have... that's, that's the one caveat. Yeah. Please do not say yep. it. I'm struggling with this one. Are you ready to move on to guard three? See, si, senor. Yes. Right, let's do it. Guard number three. Also standard height for NBA guard. So none of these guys have positional size. Correct. Okay. Think about the average NBA guard. These guys are that size. Like this guy, though, yeah. has a strong build, similar to guard one. Uh, played on a top school in a power five and made all freshmen. So this guy was not all conference like the last two guys, but he was all freshmen. Uh, elite high school recruit and also still a teenager. All right. Strengths, weaknesses. <clears throat> he is a one and done player that found ways to contribute on an underperforming team relative Not to expectations. One and done. I mean, he's a freshman. Why am uh, I catching so many strays just for asking? <laughs> well, you opened up the first question of the segment was, anyways, uh, one of the best two-way talents in this class. He's an elite point-of-attack defender, averaged 3.7 steals per 100 possessions. He hasn't yet shown the ability to be an elite scorer, but is a really good connector. As a freshman, 7.9 assists per 100. He shot nearly 35% from deep this season overall, but in his last 10 games, 5 of 32, which is 15.6% from deep. The scout for this guy said, I'm not sure he has the superstar upside some of the other guards in this class might have, but the floor seems extremely high on both ends. Thoughts, questions, let's do it. I do feel like I know who this one is. I do too. This is the, one, the first one. Uh, the, like I said, some are hard to mask. Yeah. <laughs> this one, the, the term connector jumped out at me. On this yeah. one. I like yep. that. Uh, connector, point of attack two-way. Defender. Yep. Two-way. The found, also, found ways to contribute, I think, is important an underperforming well. team. Mm-hmm. I also thought about the underperforming team part. Not, yep, I like that one too, Justin. And then Definitely um, also how he trailed way. off at the end of the season. Maybe kind of feels like well, OKC. Yeah. OKC would totally be interested in this guy. But I feel like, the same coming here. At what point? Fit well, too. Do you I pay like in some longs? It's, it's hard to think about these guys, especially like in the future, knowing who you already have on the roster and yep. with roster with pick consolidation in mind as well. Finding ways get, to contribute is important on a team that yeah. has a good amount of contributors. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Nice. All right. Let's go to the last one. Okay. Guard number four. And the last option here. And then we will, you guys will choose your favorite of the four and we'll move on. And move on. Cool. This guy has elite positional size for a guard and fits the the modern NBA's kind of jumbo mold. So this is the the, the one guard in the group that's that's got a lot more size. Also a strong build. He played on a top school in a power five, and he made all conference and Rookie of the year in his conference. Okay. So he's a rookie or a rookie of the year, freshman of the year. 
whoever put these together doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> big high school recruit. He wasn't like a top 10 kind of guy, but he was a big recruit coming in. Uh, a bit older. He'll be 20 right around draft night. So he'll be basically 20 entering his, his rookie year in the NBA. Um, strengths and weaknesses. He grades highly in both pick and roll and isolation situations. So he's got the jumbo size and he's, he's good at the things you kind of got to be good at in the NBA to be a guard. <clears throat> he uh, played a massive role on a team that had one of the best players in the country alongside him. He was super productive, averaged 24, seven and seven, roughly per 100 possessions, super streaky as a free throw shooter throughout the season and a three point shooter throughout the season. He would go on stretches where like he was shooting 40% from deep for a long time, but then other times it was like, whoa, can this guy shoot at all? So super streaky as a shooter, okay? Um, from the floor overall, only shot 42% despite being a highly productive player. So high volume, still figuring out the efficiency. Um, but he was super effective in the mid-range and has a really smooth stroke. So if you just like watch the guy play, if you catch the right game, this guy looks like he's a bucket, right? But there's other games where... You know, maybe he's three of 14 from the floor. Um, the highs are high. Had two 30-point games this year and two games with eight or more assists as a freshman on one of the best teams in the country. Highs are high, lows are lows. The scout quote for guard number four said, while there's concerns with consistency and efficiency, he's got the build of a modern jumbo guard that continues to thrive in today's NBA. Could we look back and wonder how he didn't go higher? Okay, I have a question on this one. Hit me. Is there an injury history? Not that <laughs> I am aware of. Okay. Hmm. Did this he did he play primarily? You, you mentioned uh, grades highly in pick and roll and isolations. Is that mainly what he does offensively? Is he not really an off-ball type of guy? He is absolutely a combo guard. He, he can be a lead guy when he needs to, and he was a lot as a freshman, but he he has the mold and the ability to be an off ball guy too. Okay. Hmm. This one's tough. And given his positional size, like there's a world where similar to Oklahoma city does like he could, he could play in a three guard lineup and kind of shift up to a wing. Okay. So we got to pick one of these four guards. Yeah. Which one are you guys picking? With I think the roster in mind. I think if we like, Start by eliminating ones that don't fit. I think number one is off the table. Pretty Agreed. Quickly. That's the first one I eliminate. Yeah. So I'll tell you as you eliminate. So you're eliminating guard one. Everyone sure. in agreement? Agreed. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Guard one was Keontae George. Okay. okay. I'm fine with that. Two, three, um, and four were interesting. I like four's um, positional size. Yep, That's a you. big, a big key for me. I think um, guard four might have the highest upside as well of the three. Yeah, um, maybe has the lowest floor as well. Yeah, true. Guard guard four Warmest feels game. like a huge swing to me. Yep. Um, which one was the the guy that was really good at defense? Was that guard three? Guard three. three. Okay, and then uh, do you mind going back to guard two real quick? Yeah, and keep in mind, like, this doesn't have to be, like, pick 12. Like, you guys could could think about, like, we're going to move back for this guy or whatever. So don't, don't feel like if it's a okay. reach or whatever. This is guard two. Guard two was really good in transition. The two, two year years in college. Is me off. Um, actually, terrible three point shooting. What's messing me up with 
this, especially between, because I'm going between guards two and three, I think like everybody else is, um, and looking at guard three and saying, yeah, he, uh, he, he was terrible at shooting year one. And then he bumped up to basically just 35% year two. Um, I mean, that's not uncommon for college players to get a lot better. I think Buddy Heald shot 20% his freshman year and left his senior year shooting like 40-something percent, obviously. Um, But what I think is interesting specifically about the third guard is that, like you guys mentioned, the dude averaged like eight assists and affects the game in several uh, several other ways other than just like scoring and that's what people keep on saying about other players on this team. The and that's something that I don't necessarily think Lou Dort does. Of course, this wouldn't be his replacement. Maybe who knows um, if it's already who, if he's not already playing, but uh, that's one thing like Lou does get his tunnel vision and doesn't really have a high assist numbers. Um, you know what you're getting from him. Whereas this guy would contribute in several ways, assists, steals, etc. So, I completely agree. Uh, For this one, I feel like guard two is the, we've seen growth and um, he's, uh, he's elite in transition kind of fits thunder Uh, guard three was super productive, had a lot of stats connected um, plays great on no, no, sorry. Guard four was one that had a lot of stats. Was that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Guard three was the connector defender. Um, Almost feels like glue guy. I feel like three has the biggest ceiling. Two shown the growth over time, and three is the um, the the connector piece. So, what are you guys? What are you guys feeling? I'm leaning three. I, I was gonna say I think I'm leaning three as well with the thunder in mind. Um, I yeah, I say three just because of what the thunder would do most likely. I mean. <laughs> They don't seem like they do like their late bloomers as as if you will. I mean that's what J Dub was those late bloomer, um, in guard two. But I could also realistically see them going for a guy that has more of a higher floor, um, maybe not necessarily the higher ceiling, and going for more rotational pieces instead of guys that are being uh, superstar potential. With your, I mean, you already have J Dub, Chet, Shea on the team um how many other guys are you really trying to draft that you're kind of hit hitting for the fences of course that's the case every year but what kind of guys are you trying to draft i think connector slash defensive player is what presty would go after i like it we'll take three okay i'm not going to tell you three is obviously but i'll tell you who the others were okay guard two is kobe buffkin that's what i thought yeah anyone know who guard four is Nope. Jalen Hood Shafino. Oh, okay. I thought you were okay. going to throw Hood Shafino in here. Um, well, I think he's super underrated, which is why so I threw three. Him. I'm pretty sure I know who, who this is. I'm pretty sure yeah. I know who three is as well. We won't say anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm pretty yeah. sure I know who three is. So we've got our Two guard. Interesting. <clears throat> if yep, you're listening, you just guard. Google it. If you're listening, just Google a quote and you'll be able to find who it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's GPT it. That's one of the points of that exercise too, is like, there's probably guys that you guys are like, quote unquote, out on, but whenever you're blind resume testing, like maybe, maybe you're like, oh, maybe, maybe Jalen Chifino's a guy that I would consider, you know? True. Anyways, it's, we'll like move if on. I, it's like if I was grading a kid's paper who I hate, 
No, I'm just kidding. Are you I a grade, biased grader? I grade every paper <laughs> fairly. It's a joke to uh-huh. anybody listening. We cover the names up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh-huh. correct. That's correct. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Wing number one. This wing is kind of a jumbo wing. He's got, like, honestly, power forward size. Okay. Great positional size for a wing. He's not thin, but I also wouldn't call him like a strong build. Just kind of like your average your average build. Um, played for a school in the Power Five, made the all-conference team, big high school recruit, and will turn 20 before his rookie season. All right. Strengths and weaknesses. Highly translatable three-point shot. Can shoot it from deep both in rhythm and on the move. He took over 200 triples as a freshman. Had seven games this season with four more made threes. Shot 55% at the rim last season. He's underrated as a self-creator, though he still has work to do if he wants to become more of sort of an on-ball piece at the next level, Um, especially in pick and roll. He was like 0.8 points per possession in those type of situations. Um, And he also has work to do as a defender. Like there's no question he has the, the size and length to defend multiple positions at the next level. Um, but in this lone college season, like he wasn't a fantastic defender. He wasn't a bad defender, but he wasn't a guy that you'd look at and say, like, this guy's a, a great defender. Um, <clears throat> the scout, when asked about wing one, said tall shooters are always needed in the NBA. Wing one does have the upside to be much more than a role player, but at minimum, he should be a valuable floor spacer. I mean, Danilo Gallinari is a valuable, valuable floor spacer, but he's also a cone, a traffic cone on defense. This guy is not a traffic cone on defense. He's just not an elite defender. He's just, he's, uh, he's what do you call he, those bigger things? They're not traffic cones, but they're big um, and wide. The they're barrels, the barrel, a, mo- a mobile traffic cone. He's a traffic barrel. It's mm. a traffic cone with a RC car underneath it. Um, so this guy can, can shoot it. Um, and has a little bit of size. That's basically what I'm taking from this. I'd say he has good size for a wing. Not just what's, a what's his assist numbers? Let's see here. This player, a freshman, is a lone college season. Two assists a game. Two? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. That's a wing. Mainly an off-ball guy? Mm-hmm. And is not 20 yet. Okay, that's throwing me off a little bit too. Well, you shouldn't be looking at that to try to figure out who he is, Taylor. <laughs> how many yeah, how many rebounds a game? big board. How many rebounds a game? Um he averaged 2.8 rebounds a game. Yeah. I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm so already 2.8 out. rebounds. I'm already out. Out. Big size. Rebound. All right. I think we're good for wing number two, unless anyone else has questions. <laughs> all right wing Sweet. number two on the way all right so this guy wing number two has grown of late and is now the size of an elite wing he is a very athletic build he played against pros last season and thrived he's been a big international prospect for years and just recently turned 19 okay he can play several positions and has a plus four wingspan to go along with the good wing height. He's an elite defender. And he also on the offensive end notched a five game stretch with 20 or more points late in the season. So got better as the year went on. He didn't shoot the three ball well last season, but I got that going late as well. 
so like an improved three-point shooter. Um, his offensive game, holistically, though, needs quite a bit of polish. But even outside of scoring, he's the kind of guy that impacts the game in many other ways. When asked about wing two, our scout said, we've had our eyes on this guy for a while now, but his versatility really popped at the Nike Hoop Summit back in 2022. He's proven he can play against professionals dating back to 2021. My Presti senses are tingling. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, yeah. this gets the Presti stamp of approval, it feels like. I mean, Agreed. young, he just grew in. He's, he's still growing. He's foreign. He's, you know, he's, he's playing other, playing Plus other four teams. wingspan. Yep. Mm-hmm. That sounds still like young. a young guy. Just, me. just turned 19. I don't know if you guys said young. Yeah. Just turned 19. Presti loves a young foreigner. <laughs> young foreigner. Yeah, no, my first arms. question was, this is really random. Trying to read Nick's uh, slideshow here. Are the words Polish and Polish spelled the same way, just with a capital letter? Yes. Yes. Because I was reading it, I said offensive you, game. You, hey, Polish. How do you think you? How do you think? How do you think you spell it? Well, I figured it was the same way. It just. It, I read it and I said, "Why does his offensive game need a pole? What is he a Polish Jacob, guy? Maybe he's Polish. Maybe I'm giving you a hint. Just needs a. He's not, maybe it's he's not Polish. Maybe it just needs a sausage. Maybe it's the, the Da Vinci Code in his PowerPoint. You'll never know until the end. <laughs> All right, so wing two is the young foreign kid who grew a lot. Yep, I like it. Wing one is the shooter. <laughs> yep. Wing three. This guy is more more of a standard wing size. Like You wouldn't look at him and say, that's, that's a jumbo wing. Which but he is drums or flats? <laughs> uh, he, is, he is a strong build. He played on a top school and a power five, an elite high school recruit, and he is 18 years old. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> Taylor's, Taylor's already wow. I haven't even gotten to his stats or his, his strengths and weaknesses, and Taylor's already ready to draft him because he's 18. <laughs> this guy was somewhat limited. Like, if you dig into this guy's stats, like, he doesn't have a lot of stats to go off of, very small sample size, but. On 98 three-point attempts, he converted on 43% of those. He started in less than 10 games last season. Again, sample's very limited. But as a self-creator, which was about 45 pick-and-roll possessions and five ISO possessions, he shot 47% on those, so translatable skill at the next level. Um, He graded as one of the best spot-up shooters among freshmen in the country last season. He was overshadowed by some other really big prospects and he couldn't stay consistent or get in a groove because of injuries. Scout had to say he's one of the more unknown prospects in this class for several reasons. And it feels like a risky, but high upside prospect. I don't think we've seen him scratch the surface of what he can do. Hmm. What? I want to get. I want to go back to wing two real quick because uh, Big Mike and Z said we're talking about polishing a Polish sausage. <laughs> okay, geez. it makes me, reminds me of beer fest. Anyways, is there a reason why uh, they like did the person in front of him uh, at his school get hurt and that that's why he started those games or what? Is there news on that or did he just earned his way his earned his way into the lineup? Um, without giving it away, he. Hmm, how do I frame this? He is a starting caliber player 
mm. but played on a really good school hmm. and didn't get enough playing time to really ever get in a groove and like become a consistent starter. Okay. So his team was good. Um, like it was like a winning culture. It wasn't like some. Yeah, oh yes. Okay. Oh, yes. okay. He he is he is in a a a system that you would trust him coming out of. Gotcha. Huh. This one's a little tough. Like maybe maybe it, one of the best in the country in was, terms of like college systems. It reminds me a bit. Was it like, an injury? Why he didn't start so much? He did have injury issues last season. Okay, that's what's my hang up right now because Presty. Yeah. Definitely, usually doesn't go after injury-prone guys. I mean, I wouldn't call him injury-prone. Like the injuries haven't been like he hadn't had been an injured guy his entire career. Like it was a, it's like different things. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a, like a, a one-year thing. Uh, free throw percentage, if you don't mind. Yes. <laughs> it's like, well, if he was injured, but he shoots good free throws, uh, he was eighty percent from the free throw line. Reminds me a bit of like Shea at Kentucky. Ooh. Yeah, where uh, good talent, but just lots of other good talent around. So this guy gives me, um, I'm going blank for the Atlanta Hawks rookie this year. AJ Griffin. AJ Griffin. Thank you. So both you, Justin and Taylor, your guys's commentary there, I would very much agree with. Like those are, yeah. those are very good kind of comps of like their college career and, and the systems they were in and, um, like the upside they have that may have not been seen yet. Gotcha. Sorry, just a clarification question. We're on wings. So when you yeah, say standard wing size, mm-hmm. are you differentiating like ball handler, wing, and then like quote unquote big? I consider, that's a good clarifying point. I consider a wing, a guy that can handle the ball, but he's not like a power he's not a front court player like a power forward center he's a like a a wing to me is like he's his natural position is like a, a traditional three but he can slide up to a four in certain situations right. and play off ball guard okay okay yeah hmm. okay sounds good i'm ready for wing cool. four wing four this guy's also standard wing size he's a bit more slender he played for a very well-known international team last season Elite high school recruit. I don't know if I'd considered elite. That may have been an, an oversight by me. He, he's a he's a known player. Like he's he's been known for a while now. He's still 18 years old as well. Okay. He's very raw and could definitely take time to develop and would probably be a project pick. He's known for being a defender, but the offensive tools are at like no one would no one would ever question this guy's offensive upside. He just hasn't really had the chance to showcase it quite yet, but the tools are there. Um Good athlete, really solid around the rim offensively, like scores very well at the rim, and has also shown shooting touch on the perimeter. Last season, on this very well-known international team, he spent the majority of the season on like the junior, like U, I don't know if it was U18 or U19 team, didn't play with the senior team, but got called up kind of the two-thirds away point in the season and showed some things early, and as the season went on, like continued to be really, really solid. So he's got reps now at the junior level at this club and also the senior level at this club um, is a quick riser, but there's still limited tape on the guy. Like if you go out there and you try to find stats or tape, like there's not a ton. He's played like international competition for his um, home country. He's played a little bit on the senior team, but there's not a lot out there. So he's a bit unknown. 
Um, and again, final bullet point here, hasn't played all that many minutes at an elite level of competition. The scout said, the measurables and upside for wing four are incredible, but it's unclear just how quickly he'll be able to make an impact at the NBA level. Okay. Hmm. I like I like the idea of this player a lot. Um, Young. Definitely raw. Foreign. <laughs> he has this that this player feels like, it's like a Cuban model. The, the less of player two. This feels like player two, like wing two, but the maybe not as good version. Yeah. The great value version. Less less polished. <laughs> yes. Jeez. Christ. Jeez. So uh, one was going to cut this list down. One was our shooter. Yep. Two was our high upside, grew a lot foreign kid who's really young. Big yep. wingspan. Three is our small sample size, but played really well in college. Still eighteen, so he's mm-hmm. a child. Yep. And then four is our other international kid, uh, who's got good measurables, but there's a lot of questions. Yep. I'm between two and three. Me as well. Um, I'm leaning towards two. So you guys are, is everyone like agreeing three. on cutting one and four? Yeah, I, I, I would so. go, I would go three too. So, okay. Wing yeah. one, who in is the chat, Jet? people are saying Grady Dick. It was Jet Howard. I thought Jet. it was Jet. Yeah. Wing four, Koulibaly. That's what I thought. Oh, he played yeah, we for were, Mets 92 yeah. junior and got called up to play with Wimby and has had a ton of exposure because of it. Yep. So we're down to two and three. Three, I'm positive I know who that is. What I think I want to go two. That's where I'm I mean two. Also. Okay. I like it. Anyone know who three okay. is? Taylor, go ahead. It's Whitehead. Yep, Derek Whitehead. That's what I thought as well. Okay. For Whitehead. <clears throat> All right, ready for I the like forwards. Nick, you're keeping track of which ones we picked on each one, right? I am. Yep. Okay. For the forwards, which again, positionally, I consider forwards guys that they're like none of these guys are like centers. They could, some of them can maybe slide up and play some center. Some of them could slide down and play more of like a perimeter player. But your your stereotypical four that could could shift around a bit. Okay. Okay. So forward number one. Your standard NBA forward size. Although he's a slender build, he played in a top school in a power five, all freshman honors. He was a top 100 high school recruit, so not a not an elite recruit, but he was not like a nobody coming into college. And he turns 19 right after the draft, so he's still pretty young. This guy is known for being more of a defensive-minded forward, but could be much more if he improves his three-point shot. He was sub-30% in college, he was also not a great three-point shooter in high school, but the stroke looks good. Um, looked kind of lost early in his freshman season. Like if you watch his first five games, you're like, this guy needs it a lot of time. You watch towards the end of the season, you're like, this guy's very draftable. Um, a smart off-ball mover and a really good cutter. In cutting situations, he averaged almost a, a point and a half per possession. <laughs> A very good rebounder, 12 and a half per 40 minutes, only shot 65% from the line. And like I said, has never been a good three-point shooter despite the solid mechanics. And he also needs to get a lot stronger. 
When asking the scout about this player, let me go back. He said he was overshadowed at the college level last season, but does a ton of things that NBA teams need at the forward position. Their perimeter shot is a major swing skill. Questions? Top school and power five. Man. I'm a little thrown off on this one. That's kind of where I'm at, Justin. Feels very standard. Mad. Standard size. Doesn't have positional size. Um, doesn't shoot well. Um, is a good rebounder. I mean, cutting is nice for this team. That's a good guess, Kieran. I like that guess. I. Yeah. Uh, it feels like. This is not a perfect comparison, but like we've got Kenny Hustle at home kind of thing. Yeah. Like defensive minded. Oh, like guys very different than Kenny Hustle. Although okay. it, it sounds very similar. <laughs> but like moves off the ball. Like yeah, yeah. doesn't really yeah. make a splash, but like, you know, he can he can do some things. That's that's kind of the fun part about blind resumes too. Like when you read this, yeah. this could be Kenny Hustle. Yeah. But whenever you hear who it is, you're like, that is not Kenny Hustle. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I read this one, I think we have enough bigger guys who can defend and can't shoot on this team. <laughs> True. <laughs> right. Correct. That's what I was getting at. Let's move Especially on. Especially if he struggles a bit playmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Forward two, another kind of standard NBA forward size guy, strong build power five, all freshman elite high school recruit and 18 years old. Taylor's like, sign me up, sign me up. <laughs> this guy is an elite offensive talent and a fantastic self-creator. He has a seven-foot wingspan. He can play anywhere from two to five in certain situations, depending on who he's going up against. Like, he's not going to play five against Embiid at the next level, but he, like Kenny Hustle, played five. This guy could definitely play five. Has facilitation upside but needs to become a better decision maker and a more willing passer. I would say he's he's a guy that absolutely has the vision, but is still so young and so inexperienced at this level that it's it's been um, a work in progress. Um, he shot 34% on catch-and-shoot triples last year. The jumper is pretty, but it didn't go in as, as often as we thought. Still optimistic about the shooting, though. Um, he only shot 38% from the floor last season, which is horrible. But if you go look at the tape, he was the best player on a bad team and was asked to be the offensive leader at 18 years old at the college level. Just tough. Um, he has the size to be an incredible, versatile defender, but we wouldn't call him a, a, an elite defender today. Like He has the size, he has the tools He's shown the flashes, but not he's not consistently like this guy that you would say coming into the draft is like a solid defender. Scout said, I wouldn't be shocked to see forward two end up being one of the top five best players in this class. If he lands in the right spot and develops the right way, it could be scary. Interesting. The wingspan and the plays two to five are very intriguing trying to reconcile elite offensive talent with shot 38% from the floor is a little tough, even in spite of the context that you yep. gave. Um, it's hard. It's just a little hard to grasp. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this is, it's a young guy. And if they squint right and you turn your head and the light <laughs> shines on him just right, you can see MJ. 
<laughs> but then you open your eyes and it's like me out on the pickup court. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Quite a comparison. <laughs> you ready to move forward three? Ready. Yeah. I, forward two doesn't, this one doesn't, the first two haven't excited me. Okay. Forward three is a jumbo forward. He's got good size. He's also a, a, a strong player as well. So he's got the, the height and the strength. Um, played professionally last season, was a, a big, not elite high school recruit. He was a guy that was very well known, but wasn't like a top 10 guy. It'll be 20 as a freshman. He has the size to play anywhere from jung- jumbo wing to small ball five. Good defensive instincts. Wouldn't call him a good defender, but he's got the instincts to be such. Uh, major producer last season and got better as the season went on. Elite rebounder. Historically, dating back to high school, has been a pretty bad three-point shooter and doesn't have good mechanics. But he did knock down 30%. It's not great, but it's actually better than you'd expect given his mechanics. Um, doesn't have much of a post-up game. So we think about a small ball five. He doesn't really have post moves, but he has the size to play small ball five and is known for taking bad shots, especially in high school. Got better last season, but still a guy that sometimes you scratch your head at the, top, at the looks he takes. Scout says it's still unclear what position forward three will actually play most at the next level, which speaks to his versatility. With that in mind, that versatility could be limited if the jumper doesn't come around and it needs some major tweaks. Big positional size, good rebounder, and can't shoot. <laughs> Again, just Presty doing the Birdman rubs hands dot gif. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about this one. Okay. This one's interesting. I like the size. I like yep. the growth throughout the season. Sounds like a lot of potential versatility. Potential yeah. versatility. The yes. scout quote's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Unclear what position they'll play the most at an yeah. NBA level. Yeah. I think there's a lot of different ways you could take that. Mm-hmm. But looking at the Thunder, like that that feels like a piece that, that could fit alongside kind of how they're utilizing guys. Very true. All right, forward four. Another standard NBA height with an athletic build. He played for a power five school and earned all conference honors. Not a huge recruit, actually. And he'll be 23 as a rookie. So an older guy. Yeah. Out. Got got two kids and a mortgage. He has the build of the ideal modern combo forward and does it on both ends. He averaged 20 and eight last season and was one of the most improved players in the country. He thrives more off ball and is fantastic when there's good guard play. He takes good care of the ball. He shot 66% at the rim. His three point shooting did fall off last season, although relative to the season before it's easy to do so. Um, But he still knocked down 41% of his unguarded catch and shoot looks from beyond the arc. So the three point shot is, is absolutely real. Um, he doesn't really have the ability to self-create um, and isn't really a, a good playmaker. He's definitely a guy that needs to be created for, and when he has good people creating for him, he thrives. The scout says, I have no question he'll make an impact at the NBA level. He's older and a late bloomer, but is the perfect 3 and D type of player with the upside to become much more than that. Interesting. Did the slide just change? I have a question. Template? There we go. There it is. Boom. Boom. Template. Template. 
Um, question, Taylor. Oh, go ahead. Does he have a uh, relative who he plays does. in the NBA? <laughs> Thanks for giving it away. <laughs> I'm just going uh, This help. one's interesting. He's uh He better have his damn master's degree if he's coming in at 23. <laughs> um I don't know, the four forwards, which ones do you guys like the most? Three pretty easy, I think. Yeah, I okay. guess. We'll I go through. Who go through one more time. Just In real my fast opinion, look at I him. think Nick downplayed number three on purpose. Could have. Uh, <laughs> forward one? Forward one was the defensive-minded cutter. I don't know. For me, it's between one and three. Bad shooter. Yep. Two. Two. Great self-creator. Threw me off. Um, Not yeah. very efficient. Under efficient offensive talent. Three, jumbo, four, jumbo. old guy. <laughs> Where are we going? I think it's three. I think it's three. All right. Yeah, I'm good with that. One. Can, can I take guesses? Yeah. What was number one? Uh, we go back to him real quick. Yep. Um, I don't know if I know who number one is. He's Noah Clowney. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, Kieran was right. Well done. Yep. It's two Gigi. Gigi Jackson. And then four nice. was Chris Murray. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you guys have nice. three guys to pick from here. You have guard three, wing Ooh. two, forward three. So let's go back to guard three to refresh your memory. Based on what you guys said, you like the uh, connective pieces that he brings. You like the two-way talent. With wing two, you like the uh, the fact that he's he's got good positional size, he's athletic, defensive upside, improved three point shot, plus four wingspan, international. And with forward three, jumbo size, can't shoot, but has the positional versatility. You have. 30 seconds to discuss and make 30 seconds. Wow. You should give us the five minute NBA. We're on the clock. You're you're burning time right now. Do we need another guard on this team? No, that's kind of how I feel. That was the only thing I thought about. Okay. So you're between wing and forward. The guard is my favorite of the three prospects. Agreed. If we're just picking just because, but I don't know if he fits with what the thunder need. Totally agree. Okay. Guard was, Kaysen Wallace? Yes. Yeah, Kaysen. Okay. I like the wing and the forward. Go. could fit on this team. Um, um, the forward, the shooting upside is interesting. Um, jumbo NBA forward side. Oh, sorry. I was thinking wing. Uh, the wing is like a normal-sized wing. Um, Very raw offensively. The wing is... Um, he's grown a lot of late. Now he's the size of a legit wing. Yeah. He just turned 19. He could grow more. Yeah. So that's an upside. Three-point shots coming around. Needs Good defender. Yeah, he's Polish. You guys have 15 seconds. Um, The forward forward is real big. Would add some size and some much-needed, like, heft. Yes, and rebounding. I don't know. Who do you guys want from these two? I'm leaning forward. Um, I I like the the, the position versatility. Um, I also think he provides a lot of upside compared to wing two, 
who I think would be a solid defender coming into the league. I can do a little bit of playmaking, but it's going to struggle from an offensive standpoint. So I'm leaning towards forward three. Jacob, I think I, I think I lean towards the wing. Jacob, you're the swing boat. Oh my goodness. Make it fun. <laughs> um, we'll go the wing. All right. Hey. Oh, forward. So repair Miller. over uh, Miller. Miller. And the wing is rain repair. It is not. Ooh. It is Leonard Miller's teammate, City Sissoko. Sissoko. Oh, okay. Fascinating. I thought it was uh, repair. I did too. It is not. Interesting. Tricky. So I don't think the Thunder would draft him at 12, but it's food for thought as we think about trade back candidates. Where where is he kind of mocked? Is he mocked like in the 20s? Uh, I've seen him anywhere from like 16 to 24. So definitely a trade back guy. Although back or buy back we, in. we've seen Presty draft guys at what would have been a trade back position. So mm-hmm. his board could have him at eight for all we know. Yep. So. All right. Interesting. Interesting. That was a lot of fun. That was Good super stuff. fun. That was fun. Look at Nick doing all this prep work for the podcast. <laughs> Thank this you, Nick. Guy. Of course. <laughs> That's awesome. Pretty PowerPoint and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, the way you framed Kaysen like just confirms my I, th- I think a lot of Thunder fans are really in on um the Michigan guard. Buffkin. 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 Man, like I don't know why people aren't talking more about Kaysen. I think he's really good. Like I think he's really good. I, I love the defense. I love the upside. I didn't I mean he measured like average at the draft for like a, a wing or for yeah. I'm sorry, for a guard. But he's just tough-nosed, gets after it. I mean, if you're trying to get someone that's got that dog, <laughs> I think Casey fits it. that. I like yep. how Nick put that, too. And, Justin, this is what stuck out to you first, I think, on that slide, in that he was able to um, perform and contribute to an underperforming team. That yep. Kentucky team really relied on him um, to do a lot of different things. But at the same time, I also don't think he was truly able to kind of show what he's capable of on ball. Um, so I think there's even more under the surface to Kaysen that really interests well, me. And Nick's little presentation here mentioned that at the end of the season, he shot really poorly. Yep. Wasn't at the end of the season, he kind of was forced to play primary ball handler, primary facilitator. That's a good point. Like you're not going to ask him to do a whole lot of that in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, right. I think the Thunders, the Thunders dream is we don't have a primary facilitator because everybody chips in a little bit. Yep. You know? Um, I think he'd fit really well. I think, I mean, I think he would get here and he'd be a guy that just fans fell in love with immediately. I really like him. I agree. I like Leonard Miller too. Um, the three point, the three point shot is ugly. Like (laughs) the way he shoots it is ugly, but he's a lefty. Lefty shooters are fun. Can you test Jacob? Thank thank you. Thank you. Lefty shooters are fun. (laughs) Thunder have history with lefty shooters. That's true. Are you a lefty, Jacob? Yes. Did you know this? I don't think I ever knew this. Yeah, I'm a lefty. There you go. You'll find out whenever you come play pickup in your Pokemon outfits. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Nice. That was fun. That was fun, Nick. Can't believe we drafted City Sissoko. Thought it was repair the whole time. I did. And that's uh, why we do it blind. Yeah, that was good. That was no, yeah, uh, very. 
a good old bait and switch. Yeah, I figured <laughs> Leonard was uh, that one. I I still like him a lot. I think him like with Chet or him as like your your bench big, yeah, could be a lot of fun. Yeah, just if you have him out there, like he's not going to have any sort of gravity at all. So you have to have. I don't know if you can have him and Dort out at the same time. Yep. You know. So but with him on the floor, you're going to really emphasize pushing the ball in transition. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you're not running as many set set um, <laughs> set sets. Yeah. Well, and I've would. mentioned this on the on the pod before as well. But if you draft Warren Miller, you have Miller, Usman Jang, Pokashevsky, JRE, J Will. Like, true. Does does he just keep playing more G League ball? Just instead of with the ignite, he's with the blue. Like, do some of those other guys just get moved, kicked to the end of the bench? That's kind yes. of what I, know, I have a I have a weird. This isn't. It's, it's a hunch. This has nothing to do with anything on Earth. Heard in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> I have a sources. I, I have a weird feeling. This is the draft to do it. Maybe two. OKC takes. A center in round two, like a real center, not a JRE or a J Will, like a real, a real center. I thought that last year. Aside from Chet, obviously, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like Eric Lively is kind of fun to think about. Um, well, he won't be in the second round. Yeah. Yes. Oh, in a second. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I like the uh, and not just because he had a good combine. Um, Kristen. Yeah. What's his? Uh, is it it's, uh, Vucevic, Vucevic? I think. Yeah. Um, if no, Najee, relation, no, relation, no relation, right? No, it's spelled it's differently. Spelled too. It's okay. like a VUK. Interesting. Okay. Um, I don't know. I've I've been thinking about this recently. Like Sam Presti talked in his exit interview about the Thunder unlocking something, playing small ball, mm-hmm. putting J Dub at the four. But then J Dub has also talked about like playing out of his position. Mm-hmm. Which means he doesn't think he's a four, and he maybe he doesn't want to play the four. And so, like, will they draft like a traditional big? Because Chet's not really, yeah, quote unquote traditional. I I think you mentioned it on the Leonard Miller, uh, blind portfolio there, Nick. Um, good post size, but doesn't have post moves. Yeah, like I don't think the Thunder give a shit about anybody having post moves. Yeah, true. Like, at all. Right. right. Yep. I, so, I think I think it's like with Chet not being a traditional center, he like you can still play most of your minutes small ball, kind of unorthodox. But it would be nice, depending on who you're playing, and for small stretches, to like have a a bruising traditional center in there for a bit. Yeah, you also like get kind of like a, a, a mix up. Yeah, I, I think that that's the kind of guy you can get for pretty cheap on the market on yeah. the marketplace. You don't have to like. Expand a, a draft asset. Like free agency. And again, where this gets really tricky is because of like you guys have mentioned the lack of roster spots and trying to develop all these young guys still, but like taking a gamble on like a Nerlens Noel this offseason, uh, just to see what that would even look like. Uh, kind of use it as a, a bit of a test, kind of like Muscala was at times uh, over the past season, season and a, and a half um, for what Chet would look like. Yeah. I don't know. Al Horford, bring him back after his... Uh, <laughs> championship run yeah right well i was high on bringing another boston celtic in try and oh yeah free Grant agency Williams would be but fun. 
I don't know. Notorious bear poker, Grant Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting stuff. I have a lot more draft thoughts as far as like trade up cans. I like how you didn't choose like any of the, the mm-hmm. like, top 10 guys. Obvious. Um, I have some, some thoughts on like some of those top 10 guys and trade up candidates on who the Thunder could target and what a trade up looks like. I, I think at some point we should really talk about the value of those Thunder future picks, Yep. especially with the new CBA coming yep. into effect. I think that kind of changes <laughs> what is valuable, totally. how yep. valuable things are. Um, a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. And I, think- I mean, it feels like the draft is a long ways away, but it'll. A month. We're gonna have that's crazy four more Sunday shows, yeah. right? And then it's draft here time. before you know it. Yeah, it will be in Vegas. Kind of like Watch it feels like the the top three is like this. We know who's gonna go there, and then it it's like a whole new tier. Kind of feels the same way after ten or eleven, which is kind mm-hmm. of a weird place for the Thunder to be. Um, like there's probably twelve names. 14 names that Oklahoma city could take at 12. And I'd be like, that's, that's about his range. You know, it's, it's yeah. like, it's yeah, it's crazy how, how deep that middle of, and the, at that point, it's almost like trading back is more valuable yeah. because if they're all still getting here. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk on three with Portland and four with Houston, especially with the, the belief that James Harden's returning to Houston yeah. and then five with Detroit, like, there's no way all three of those picks get moved. That would be yeah. completely unheard of. But one of them moving wouldn't be a surprise. There's, n- I don't want to like blow it for like a future podcast. There's no way OKC is getting three, four, or five. <laughs> like the things that. that those teams would want in a trade, OKC just doesn't. Would be have. ridiculous. I agree. No, they have. They just don't want to part yeah. ways with. Well, right. yeah. I mean, you could do dub for five, but you're not. Right? No, 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 no. Right. No. Um, the, the thing that the Thunder have to trade is future assets, future draft picks. Portland doesn't want future picks. Yep. Uh, Houston doesn't want future picks. Now, trading up to like, where is, where is Washington? Like eight? And then... Seven, eight, yeah. Who's nine? Oh, gosh. Utah? Utah. Utah's nine, and then Dallas is ten. Like, eight, nine seems like a a spot you could get to. But all um, it takes is all it takes is like a a Nick Smith or a Keontae George going dropping eight or nine. No, going oh. like moving up. Oh, to push gotcha. other guys down. To push other guys yeah. down. Like all it, all it, like this this like 10 11 consensus kind of range that people are talking about. All it takes is one guy outside of that jumping up and one of those guys is sitting in Oklahoma City's lap. Whether mm-hmm. Presty likes that guy or not, who right. knows. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. Is you have that list of guys, and you know, Presty will take absolutely none. Oh, of them. I can just see it now. There's there's a guy that was mocked it at nine, and he falls, not taking at ten, not taking eleven, and everyone OKC's like, he failed OKC, and then he takes City Sissoko, RJ Hampton, yep. baby. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, OG and Anovi, that's the one I'll never. Yes. Oh, stop! Really get over. Stop it. Yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, any other thoughts, guys? Before we hop out of here for the evening, gonna be here before you know it. Yep. yep. Shout out to Nick wait. running the show tonight was a great multimedia great, great. presentation. Yeah. <laughs> Nick deserves a raise. Oh, 
Zero dollars to zero dollars. I'll send you a couple of bucks, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome. We will be back with you guys on Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Uh, possibility of us having a special draft guest Wednesday night. Uh, who knows a hell of a lot more about the draft than I do. So tune in. Let's know we'll pick their brain. Uh, you'll want to jump into the YouTube stream that night. So make sure you follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. Uh, click the little bell so you can see when we go live. Uh, that way you can get your questions in in the chat for our guest. That'd be really awesome. I don't want to announce the guest because I want to like confirm that they're going to be on the show. But once I get like the double checked confirmed, we will tweet it out. So make sure you follow us on all social media channels. See who our guest is this Wednesday. Have a great rest of your week. We didn't get to around the association, but we're going to have a either a history made or B Denver, Miami finals. Um, so go Denver. <laughs> There's a long time between game four and game one of the NBA finals. If both really end in sweeps, do you That's know when crazy. finals start June 1st? June 1st. Oh, wow. That's a long, like a week break. off. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Awesome. Well, you guys enjoy the beginning of your week. We'll be back Wednesday night, 9 PM. So make plans to join us then. And until then, as always, thunder up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.